All right, all right. Hey, man, let's give it up for our worship team one more time. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know what, man? I, I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but our church, what we do every single week, it could not happen without volunteers. Like, I don't know if you realize that or not. We don't, we don't pray and everything, like, gets connected and hooked up and put together. Uh, we just couldn't do it without volunteers. I mean, people that set this stuff up, and, and so I'm just thankful for every single person that serves. And, uh, you know, I, I, heard a, I heard a story uh, last week. Somebody was telling me a story of the first time they came to our church a couple of weeks ago. Um, and just how it was really intimidating. It was a new church. And you know how going to a new church is always weird, right? And so it's just really intimidating and uh, things like that. And, and what, what, what just sold them, what took that barrier down of, oh, man, I don't know if this is going to be good. I don't think we're going to come back already. I haven't even been yet, but I don't know if we're going to like this or whatever. What took that barrier down was the parking lot team. Our team of guys, men and women that are out there in the parking lot, Every single Sunday, uh, helping people get parked, waving at people as they walk in. Just that friendly face right there in the parking lot uh, was all it took to get them sold on, hey, you know what, I think our family could grow here. And so that's a big deal. And so, hey, listen, if you are in the uh, parking team, I want you guys to know, man, you're making a difference. And so I just want our church to thank our parking team today. Because you guys are making a difference, man. God is using you, okay? And... uh, and hey, I don't know if, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen it on Facebook, uh, but Isabella Brashear, I don't know if you saw that Robin and Zach, they shared a post this past week of Isabella holding up the big picture that says, I am cancer free. That is a big deal, man. And man, we celebrate that. That's awesome. They are, they're partners here and they just mean a lot to us, this whole community. And so that's just an awesome thing. To see, And so we have a lot to thank God for, and so I want to pray And uh, before we get started this morning. So let's uh, pray. Jesus, we just thank you for Isabella and God that she is cancer-free. God, you did that. That is your healing hand at work in her life. Thank you for Robin and for Zach and God, just how you uh, just sustained them that whole time. God, you just continue to give them strength, and you're giving them strength right now. And God, I thank you for what you want to do in these few moments that we've got left today. God, I thank you for the series that we're launching today, Recharged, and what it, what it means and the ideas that we're going to unpack because, God, I believe that this could be a game changer. I believe that this could literally save lives, what we're going to do over the next several weeks. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would come and help me. Uh, God, I don't, I don't want to try to impress anybody today, uh, Jesus. I just want to fade into the background and people would see you uh, because that's why we've come. We've come to encounter you. Thank you that you're already here, God. You are already right here in this room. And we just want to lean in to what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if, I, I don't know if you're like me or not, but, um, you know, I, I'll just be honest uh, this morning and admit, you know, I am addicted to this thing right here. Does anybody else find that? Anybody else just find that it's like you grew another part of you when you got this thing? Like, that is me. I am just, I'm just constantly, uh, I'm just constantly on this thing. And my, my family tells me I should not be. People tell me I should not be. And so would you pray for me because I need help because I'm always on this. Right? Anybody else? You're just constantly checking. Maybe you're always checking social media or something like that. But I'm just always, this is just like, it's surgically attached to me, my phone. And I'll tell you one thing that I'm always checking on my phone is for some reason I am obsessed with how much battery power I have on my phone. 
I know, it's the weirdest thing. I'm obsessed with it. Like a lot of times I'm not even checking anything at all. I just want to see if the thing's alive. You know what I mean? That's all I'm looking, that's all I'm looking for. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you right now, I'm at 87%, so I feel really confident in who I am. But I'll be honest with you, if my phone tells me that my battery is at 40% or lower, I get really nervous. I do, man. I, I get really nervous. I get really nervous. And listen, when it hits 20%, because you know what happens when your phone hits 20%. When it hits 20% and then that battery icon up there in the corner, when it turns red, y'all, I need a hug. Like at that point, I just need somebody to hug me and tell me it is going to be okay. And oh my gosh, 10%. And, when, and you know what happens when you hit 10% on your phone, right? When your phone hits 10% power, you get that message that pops up that says low battery power. Do you know that? I am not emotionally ready when that comes on. Okay, like I freak out, I begin to hyperventilate a little bit because I, ju- I just can't handle it because I feel like, oh my gosh, my phone needs to be charged. And when your phone needs to be charged, all you're thinking about is how your phone needs to be what? Charged. You're thinking about going to, you know, you need to find a wall outlet, you need to break into somebody's car so you can charge your phone and that sort of thing because your phone is about to die. But I'll tell you what, I, I, it, I mean, it is pretty handy that you can look at it and say, you know what, I got 87% power, I got 50% power, I'm good for a few hours. It's awesome that you can look at this and know how much energy it has. But here's what I wish, and maybe one of you guys who are really uh, way, way smarter than me, you can invent this and you can just uh, swim in all the money you'll get for it. Maybe, I wish that there was something, uh, maybe an app or something that, that I could use to scan me, like to scan me and tell me how much energy I have. I wish there was something that that I could use just to scan my whole body and just tell me, Mark, you're running at about 80% energy right now. Mark, you're running at about 40% energy right now. I just wish there was something that could tell me how much energy I'm running on all the time. Because see if you can relate to this right here. Let me throw out some words and see if you can relate to some of these words. Overworked. Stressed. Here's one. Tired. Anybody relate to that? Just tired? There you go. A lot of hands. Here's one, burned out. How about burned out? Can you relate to that? And see, here's the deal. We, we, we would rather have a 100% charged phone than a 50% charged phone, wouldn't we? Wouldn't we? Let me ask you a question. Would you rather be a 100% charged mom or a 50% charged mom? Would you rather be a 100% charged dad or a 20% charged dad? Would you rather wake up every single day excited about the opportunities that God might have for you, or you just wake up every day? Some of you, this is how you're waking up every day right now. Your goal is to survive. Like, that's your goal. If you survive, win, right? Well, today we are starting a brand new series called Recharged. And listen, I'm so excited. I'm, I've been looking forward to this series literally all year long. I mean, since January, I've been looking forward to this series and what we're going to unpack in this series. Because what we're going to do over the next five weeks is we're going to discover how to refuel the real you. And so over the next five weeks, we're all through the month of May, we're going to discover how to refuel the real you. What's the real you? It's your soul. And so next week, you come back next week, next week we're going to talk about how to stay plugged in, how to stay plugged into the power source that is Jesus, not just a one-time thing where we visit Jesus maybe about 10 minutes a day and then we go and live our life. No, how can we stay connected to Jesus all day long, plugged in Him, recharging us? We're going to talk about that next week. Then the week after that, 
week after that, we're going to do unplugged. And I'm going to talk about that day, one of the biggest sins in my life. It's going to be awesome. All right? One of the biggest sins that I constantly commit against God, we're going to talk about that in Unplugged. Part four of this series, part four of this series, I'm telling you, it's going to be one of the most special days our church has ever had. Part four of this series is called It's Not About Your Selfie, right? And it's going to be a big day. You don't want to miss it. And then part five, we're going to talk about the biggest thing that drains most people's battery. And so maybe you're here, and I don't know what got you here today, but maybe you're just kind of, you got invited, or you just kind of stumbled in here, or maybe you come here, but not all the time. Hey, can I tell you, dive in to coming every week right now, okay? Just dive in. Yeah, you should clap for that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Should just dive in and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to come because, listen, at the end of five weeks, if you come the next five weeks, I promise God will speak something strong into your life. Because, listen, I'm just going to, I made a commitment that I'm going to be as honest with our church as I possibly can during this series because I'll tell you where this series came from. This series came from, for me, this series came from me almost burning myself out as the pastor of this church. It did. This, when we started this church four years ago, when we started this church four years ago, I didn't take a single Sunday off. That is me preaching 52 times in a year. And I don't care how good of a preacher you might think you are, you ain't that good that you got that much to say. All right? I, I never took a day off. And listen, it caused a lot of stress at home. It caused a lot of stress in my marriage with my kids, and you know what? There were a lot of times, a lot of times, and I wish I could say this was something years ago, and I don't struggle with it now, but listen, if I'm just honest with our church today, and I feel like I want to be honest with you, if I'm honest, there were a lot of times over the past four years when I stood up on this stage and preached, and I was on E spiritually. There's a lot of times when I led, and I was tapped out spiritually, had nothing in the tank, About a year and a half ago, God spoke to me, and God said, Mark, you can't sustain this pace. You can't. And oh my gosh, I wish that I could tell you it was like a Moses burning bush moment where I said, Father, you are correct. Lord, have thine own way. Because you know that's real spiritual when you start speaking King James only. You know what I'm talking about? Is that too offensive? Sorry, we'll rewind. We'll edit. But I wish that that's what I would have done, but because I'm stupid and hard-headed and a sinner, I was like, ah, I should probably listen to that, but I didn't. (laughs) Don't do that, by the way. Don't do that. When God says something, do what he says. But I didn't listen to him, and I just kept running and running and running. And so listen, so listen, here's what I'm doing over this, here's what I'm doing in this series. This series is all about what I am learning, not what I've learned. Like I learned it, and boom, I mastered this. No, no, no. If I did that, I'd be totally fake to you. This is what I'm learning This is what I'm learning in this area about how to refuel the real me and how to refuel the real us as a church. Because, you know, listen to me. I know some of you are here, you want Jesus to do something great through your life, something significant through your life. Listen, what Jesus does in you is more important than what Jesus does through you. Let me say that again because some of you don't believe that. What Jesus does in you is more important than what Jesus does through you. It does not matter if you feed the, feed the hungry and you, and you take care, if you meet every need in this city and region. It doesn't matter if you serve the poor like nobody's business and your soul is toxic. It doesn't matter. 
There's a verse in Matthew 16. It'll come up on the screen here in just a second. In Matthew 16, 26, Jesus gives us this verse. We always use it with evangelism. And it's this verse, what good is it if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul? And we should use that when we're talking to people about how they need to give their life to Jesus. What good is it if you've got it all and you don't have Jesus because then you'll spend eternity without him? But that verse is for Christians. What good is it if you come to church every single Sunday and everything is going great in your business and everything is going great at home and you've got more money than you ever had and you're burned out spiritually? What good is it if you, if you gain the whole world, you constantly get the promotion, you constantly get the bonuses, but really you haven't been excited about God in months? What good is it? What good is it if you have the most prosperous company, the biggest church, the most followers on Twitter? What good is it if you gain all of that and you lose your soul? It's no good. And can I just say as a guy that talks to a lot of people about a lot of things going on in their lives, can I just say that all affair, there, there isn't a single affair that ever happened in civilization that could have been avoided if those people would have had a healthy soul. Any, affa- any extramarital affair never comes out of a healthy soul. It doesn't. Say, so that's a strong statement. I know, that's why I said it. Nobody filled with the Spirit ever had an affair. They didn't. Now, that might sting a little. There's grace there, but we just need to know that. Listen, a lot of marriages would have been saved had there been a healthy soul there. Not every marriage, but a lot of them. A lot of bad decisions would have been avoided had there been somebody with a healthy soul. Maybe a decision you're making right now, and you know you shouldn't be making that decision. You know you're not making that decision out of a good place. A lot of people could have avoided financial debt and ruin. They'd have had a healthy soul. So how can we refuel and recharge the real you? If you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open your Bible to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 is where we're going to be today. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30 is where we're going to be. If you don't have a Bible, they're gonna, the words are going to be on the screen behind me. You can steal a Bible, and I don't know what that will say about your soul, but we have them for you to steal in the back today. All right, so Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. I was kidding. You don't have to steal the Bible. Take it. We want to give it to you. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says this. These are really popular verses, so maybe if you don't have a church background, you've still probably heard some of this stuff. But let's read this. This is Jesus, and he says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? I'll give you rest. Some of you look like you could have used some more last night. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find, what's the next word? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. See, Jesus is talking about our soul. Now, we need to ask Jesus a question. What's that? What is your soul? And listen, you need to know the answer to that because you have one. Everyone in the room has a soul. And listen to me, you're going to live with that thing. You're going to take it with you forever. I mean, you've heard that saying, preachers say it all the time, when you die, you can't take it with you. Yeah, you actually can. It's called your soul. And that thing, that soul will live forever. It's the truest part of you. So what is it? What is a soul? Well, you can think about a soul this way. Think about a soul like an engine in a car. How important is an engine in a car? 
I don't know if you've heard, it kind of, it's kind of a big deal. All right? I don't have any mechanic experience at all, but even I know an engine matters. Okay? So if you're going to build a car from scratch, it doesn't matter what the exterior of your car looks like, the interior. It can be the, most, it can be the coolest ride ever. But you don't put an engine in it, it ain't going to go nowhere. The engine matters. Everything's connected to the engine. And everything is connected to our soul. Our will, our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our actions, everything we do is connected to our soul. And see, just like an engine, when your engine is bad or something's wrong with your car, a little light comes on your dashboard, doesn't it? A little light comes on your dashboard to indicate something's not right. Or let's get out of the car world for just a second. Have you ever felt like something physically is going on with you and you knew something was up but you didn't know what it was? You ever done that? What do you do? You go to the doctor for a checkup and the doctor walks in and says, what's going on? You say this, well, I don't really know what's going on, but I know something's not right. I, I feel like something is up. And you get a checkup and maybe he finds something, maybe he doesn't, but you feel something. You feel like you get some warning signs. Something's going wrong with your car. A light comes on in your dashboard. How will you know if something's wrong with your soul? There's no dashboard. There's no app that I can use to scan it. How can I know if something's wrong with my soul? How can I know if I need a recharge? Well, here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to give us three questions that we can use to ask ourselves. This morning, here's how we're starting this series off. We're going under the hood, okay? You're going to go under the hood in your own soul, and we're going to see if we need a recharge. And here's my main point this morning. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this stuff down today because I think this really matters, okay? But here's the main point that I want you to get today, and I need you to get this point. Here it is. Nobody can recharge me but me. you got to know that. Nobody can recharge me but me. Your kids can't recharge you, and your mom and dad can't recharge you, and your spouse can't recharge you. It's not your grandparents' job to recharge you. Hey, let me say this. This church cannot recharge you. In fact, no church can. If you're looking for a church that can meet all your spiritual needs and constantly recharge you, I can help you. doesn't exist. Now, we can give you opportunities to recharge. That's why we're doing Dive In. We're giving you opportunities to join a life group, to dive into serving. Dive in. You can dive into something and take an opportunity to recharge. We can't force you to take that opportunity. The opportunities are all over this church for you to recharge and get connected to God and grow spiritually, but nobody can make you take those opportunities. Nobody can recharge you but you. And so I want to give you three questions this morning that you can use to ask yourself to help you see whether or not it's time for a recharge. Here we go. Number one, you might want to write this down. First question I got for you, how's it going? How's it going? Now, when somebody walks up to you and says, how's it going, what do you say? Oh, it's going awesome. It's going good, right? That's what we say. It's going good. You could have had the worst week in your life, and it's going good, right? See, it's summertime. We're talking about diving in and beach balls everywhere. Somebody's going to the beach this summer, and this is what somebody in the room, or maybe you're going to listen to the podcast, this is what somebody's going to do. You're going to get, walk out of your hotel to the beach. You're going to park your car, realize you are dressed in a way that you wouldn't dress in front of people that you know, right? And then all of a sudden, you're going to, this thought's going to enter your mind. I haven't worked out in years. I haven't done crunches, crunches, ab workout in months. And so here's what somebody's going to do. And listen, listen, ain't no shame in this game, bro. But somebody's going to go to the beach this summer, and here's what you're going to do. <gasps> Suck it up. Suck it up. 
right? And you're going to walk around this like this the whole time at the beach. What's up, y'all? What's up? What's up? Been working out. <gasps> you can't breathe. You're dying, but you're sucking it up, right? And you're going to do that thing at the beach for a little bit. Then you get in the car, and here's what you do. <sighs> let it out, man, right? Just let it out. Some of you go to church every week just like that. Kids are screaming and cussing in the back seat, and you and your wife are having it out in the front seat, and then all of a sudden, all right, shut up, y'all. We at church acting nice. Right? Then you walk in the door. What are you doing? Sucking it up. How's everything going? Brother, it couldn't get any better than this. I've never loved my wife more than I do in this moment. Isn't that right, honey? Let's make out today. And the kids are in the back. Dad is smoking crack. He's gone. Right? But what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Sucking it up. Sucking it up. Oh, I'm good. Oh, brother, I'm good. I'm good. Jesus, two times in the passage we read, Jesus says that he came to give us rest for our souls. Would that describe your soul today? Would you, in your seat right now, in your current, state of, in your current situation, would you say your soul feels rested? Uh, see, a rested soul is a joyful soul. A rested soul is a soul that has peace. A rested soul, I love what we, I love grace is enough. I love what we sang that this morning. A rested soul is a soul that's content. Might not have everything you would love to have, but man, grace is enough. It's a soul that's content. It's a soul that's secure. See, some of you are thinking, listen, I can't have anything like that because you don't know what I'm going through right now. See, and the lie is because we think that the condition of our soul and our situation are tied together, and they're not. Because I've known people whose world is falling apart and they have joy. I've known people who are losing everything and they are still content and they are still full of joy and they have perfect peace. Your soul and your situation are not connected. Jesus says that he came to give us rest for our souls. So would that sound like what your soul is today? Would that describe your soul today? Let me ask you, how's it going? Or maybe I shouldn't ask you. Maybe I should ask the people closest to you. Maybe I should ask your kids how's it going. Maybe I should ask your wife, your husband, how's it going. I knew that it was time for a recharge for me when, a couple, about, when about, uh, several months ago we were just in a car one time and I responded to my kids the way that I shouldn't have responded. They didn't really do anything. They were just being kids. And I snapped at them and my son said this to me from the back seat. Dad, why are you always so angry? I said to myself, something's not right. Something's not right, man. How's it going? Hey, if somebody in here was really honest, you'd say, it's not going well. Mark, I'm about to make a decision that's going to destroy my marriage. it's, It's not going well. I haven't been excited about the things of God in months. I'm walking away, man. It's not going well. Mark, when I first got saved, Mark, I I said, God, I would only date guys. I would only date girls. I would only get into a relationship with somebody who's a Christian. I'm dating somebody now. I don't know what they even think about Jesus. It's not not going well. Second question to look under the hood in our life, see if we need to recharge. Here's the second question. Who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Man, a lot of people are writing this stuff down. This is good. Who are you becoming? We meet somebody new, one of the first questions we ask them is this, what do you do? Don't we ask that? What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a a lawyer, I'm a janitor, I'm a doctor, I'm fill in the blank. What do you do? See, Jesus is more interested, though, in who you're becoming rather than what you're doing. 
Jesus is more interested in who you're becoming instead of what you're doing. See, I know that's true because two times in this passage, Jesus uses the word yoke. In fact, in verse 30, he says, my yoke is easy. That word easy, that's the only time the Bible uses the word easy. Right there. What that means is this. Your soul was only meant to do things that are easy. Your soul wasn't meant to carry everything, to bear the burden of the world. That's God's job, not my job. Our souls were meant to carry something that's easy. And if we're not careful, listen to me. If we're not careful, we can make Christianity a list of to-dos where we're doing all kinds of things. We're carrying all kinds of stuff. I'm going to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying every day. I'm giving. I'm inviting people to church. And it's not making us into the people that God wants us to become. So if we're not careful, we can make Christianity this to-do list. And listen, those things are designed to help us to become the people that Jesus wants us to become. Because see, when you give your life to Jesus, God starts this massive work, work construction project in your life of making you more like him. In fact, in fact, the litmus test for the person who Jesus wants to make, every single one of us, there's a passage in the Bible, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's in Galatians 5. Look at this list here, it's going to be on the screen. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Let's stop right there. I'm going to go through every one of these. Ask yourself this question. Is this more, is this in my life more today than it was a year ago? Am I more like this today? Is that characteristic more a part of my life today than it was a year ago? First one, love. Are you more loving today than you were a year ago? Joy. Joy. Are you more joyful than you were a year ago? How about peace? Patience. Are you a patient person? If you say yes, awesome. Let me put you in a traffic jam and see what you do. Because if that moment, if you're praying for a bazooka, bro, we got, some, we got some issues, right? Maybe that's not you. Maybe that's just me. Kindness. I just eliminated myself from the list, right? But kindness. Here's one. Goodness. Faithfulness. Look at this one. Gentleness. Or are you just rough all the time and you yell at everybody that you work with and you push people around and you always expect people to do things? You're rough around the edges? Or are you, the Spirit is making you more gentle? Self-control. And listen, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to say to you, Jesus can do that in your life. He's doing that in my life. Man, I see a lot of things. When I look at that list, when I look at that list, I see so many things I am falling on, I am falling off on. But what that should do to us is to say, God, I need you to work like that in my life. I need you to produce joy. I need you to produce peace. I need you to produce patience, whatever it is. But I'm telling you, listen to me, if you're here today and you are not a Christian, I want to tell you that is what Jesus Christ can do in a life. He can do that. You might not see it perfectly. In fact, you won't see it perfectly in this life. But if today you give your life to Jesus, you can have the promise of eternal life. And he can do things in your life that you never dreamed possible. So if you're an addict and you're saying, man, I would love to be saved, but I can't break this addiction. The Spirit can give you self-control. Man, i got to clean up my language. i got to clean up my thoughts. But listen, I'm way too messy to come to Jesus right now. You come to Jesus right now, and he can give you faithfulness. He can give you patience. He can begin to produce joy in your life. What do you need to do? You just need to come to Jesus. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to make the most important decision of your life. Don't let anything keep you from it. 
But who are you becoming? How's it going? Who are you becoming? Then here's my last question. We're done. How's your soul? How is your soul? When I, when I started, when my, my first full-time job in ministry, I was a youth pastor at a church outside of Louisville. And I remember every Thursday, it was in a really small town outside of Louisville. It's called Pleasureville. And every Thursday morning, I would take a group of five seniors in high school. We would go to Dairy Queen there in town. And we would look at each other. It's like 6.30 in the morning. It was early. And we'd sit there. We'd have orange juice and hash brown and sausage biscuits. And we got together every Thursday. And we would ask each other one question. How's your soul? How's your soul? Tell me something that God's doing in your life past seven days. And they knew that if they were there, and I knew it too, I had to tell seniors in high school how my soul was. They had to tell me how their soul was. Let me ask you something. How's your soul today? As we've been doing this today, has any, have any lights in the dashboard come on in your life? Maybe here you've been looking under the hood the past couple of minutes, and all of a sudden, for the very first time, it's occurring to you, man, it's not going well. I need a recharge. Mark, what do I do? Jesus tells us exactly what to do in Matthew chapter 11. We read it. It was the first three words that he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. What's he say? Come to me. That's Jesus' solution. If you need a recharge, he says, come to me. And don't come to me one time and then that's it. You come to me all day, every day. You come to me in the meeting. You come to me in homeroom. You come to me when that fight is going on with your spouse. You come to me when you don't know what to do with your kids. You come to me and I can give you, I want to give you rest for your soul. Come to me. See, so it starts today, this recharge process. Maybe you're sitting there, man, I need a recharge. This recharge process, it starts with you going to God and just being honest and saying, God, I'm not doing well. And God, I need a recharge. I'm not where I need to be. I'm not where I used to be. I need a recharge in my life. And I'm telling you, it starts right there. That moment of confession to God, I'm not doing well. And then I'll tell you what to do. You dive in. Dive in to things that God wants to use in your life to help you to recharge, to help you to connect. So listen to me, and I'll just say this, and this goes into a little bit of next week, but listen, you can't recharge and connect to, connect to Jesus without the Word of God. You can't, man. You can't have God speaking into your life without the Bible. So I'm challenging our church, beginning tomorrow, to dive in to the Bible. Mark, how can I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked because I put three things together for our church to help us this summer dive into the Bible. Here's the first thing that I put together. Man, if you really want to dive in, I'm going to do this starting tomorrow. 90 days, uh, well, here's this one. 90 days through the New Testament. That's the one I'm doing tomorrow. 90 days. Listen, by the first week of August, imagine you could read through the entire New Testament just 15 minutes a day. But you're maybe, you might be saying, man, that sounds like the deep end. I don't think I can handle something that deep, Mark. I don't know if I can pull that off. I don't know if I can make that kind of commitment. Awesome. How about 90 days through the first four books of the Bible? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take you maybe less than 10 minutes a day. Can you do that? Listen, if you can't do that, you're saying, oh, man, that still sounds deep. That still sounds at least like the shallow end, Mark. I'm not a good swimmer. I don't think I can dive in there. Awesome. How about just jumping into the kiddie pool 30 days with Jesus? Just jump in. Give him two minutes a day. You can do it. I believe that if you dive in and you let God speak to you, begin to let God speak to you, starting tomorrow, 
dive in. Jesus will begin to recharge your soul. Let me tell you why you need to dive into serving. You need to dive into serving because it's not about your selfie. Look at the person next to you and say, it's not about your selfie. It's not. It's not. Some people, the reason that their soul is so burned out is because it's all about them. You need to have some moments in your life where you turn the spotlight off you, put it on somebody else, put others' needs in front of you. Tell you why you need to dive into giving. You need to dive into giving because Jesus says where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And if you begin to say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to begin to give right here. If you do that, all of a sudden your heart will follow Jesus in a deeper way than it's ever been. If we dive in, we'll meet Jesus there. But today, if you need to be recharged, it starts with just getting honest with God, saying, God, I am not well, and I need to recharge. But there are probably some people in the room and you need to give your life to Jesus for the very first time. And I want to say to you that when you walk out through those doors here in just a moment, money this week will say to you, come to me. Come to me and I'll make your life better. Come to me and I'll solve all of your problems. And you've been going to money and it's not keeping its promises. You've been coming to money over and over and over and it's not giving you the rest that your soul is looking for you. When you walk through those doors in just a second, sex is going to tell you, hey, if you come to me, I'll satisfy you. And that's why you keep going from relationship to relationship to relationship to guy to girl. You're looking for something that your soul will only find in Jesus. Jesus is the only thing in existence that says, come to me and he can give you what he promises, rest for your soul. If you're here today and you have never given your life to Jesus, I am telling you, don't let anything get between you and him today. In just a moment, I want to pray a prayer. I invite you to pray this prayer, and today you can begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. We all stand for closing prayer. Jesus, right now in this moment, we just come to you and we, we need to connect with you, God. We want to hear from you. We want you to move in this place, in this time, right now. And so, God, we pray that you'd have your way because I believe there's probably people here that in these past few moments, they've looked under the hood and they're seeing it's not going well. It's not going well. So, God, I pray that you would start something right here in this room today. Listen, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're there and you're standing, and I believe God is at work here in this place. I believe God's at work in this room. Say, Mark, I need to recharge. Would you just raise your hand right now? Just raise your hand. Say, I need to recharge. Raise your hand. Hands are going up here, here, all over. Hands are going up. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Let's go after God today, church. Raise your hand if you say, I need to recharge. There's hands all over, all over. Listen, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you right now. If you just raised your hand or you did not, but you'd say, man, I need to recharge, would you just come up front right now and just kneel right here at this altar and just get, get honest with God say, God, I need to recharge. You just come on right now. You just come on right now. You come. People are moving. You come too. Come on. If you're, if you're in the back and you need to come forward, you come. If you're in the front, you need to come forward, you come. If you're in the middle of an aisle, say, excuse me, people will let you come. You come. I need to recharge. You come right now. 
And we're going to take time to do this today. I need a recharge. You come. Just come up here and begin to pray. And just that moment of honesty, God, I am not well, is a powerful moment. Let's get some of our summit counselors, some of our people up here to come and just lay hands on these people, pray with them. You guys, come on. Come on right now. Just come on. Don't be ashamed of nothing. We can't get honest with each other here, man. We can't do it at all. You just come. You need to come up front and pray, you come. I need a recharge. And as people are praying, we're going to stay in the spirit of prayer. Maybe you're here today and you have never given your life to Jesus Christ. And your soul will only find rest when it finds its rest in Him. So today, if you, want to, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I invite you to pray this prayer right there where you're standing. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Save me and make me new. I give my life to you in this moment. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name. No one is looking around. No one's heads up. Lights are down. Did you just pray that prayer? Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want to celebrate with you. So if you just prayed that prayer, if today you started a relationship with Jesus, you want Jesus to save you, would you just slip your hand high in the air so I can see that hand and celebrate with you? Raise your hand right now if that's you. Say, I want Jesus to save me today in this moment. You raise your hand. And if you're raising your hand right now, you're making that decision, I want you to look at me. Just look at me right now. Listen, don't leave until you tell somebody the decision you made. Okay? What we want to do, we want to give you a free Bible. We've got a book for you called Seek First. We just want to help you today in the relationship with Jesus. You started on the back of the connection card that you got. Would you check the box that says, I gave my life to Christ? Would you do that today? You can give it to one of the volunteers in the baskets on the way out. You can give it to somebody at the welcome center. But listen, whatever you need to do today to recharge and to connect with Jesus, do it. Maybe it's taking the step of baptism. Maybe it's diving into serving. Jesus, I thank you that right here in this moment, in this time, God, I believe that you're at work. I believe that you're moving. I believe that you're having your way with people right here in this room. And Jesus, I pray that as we leave here this moment, as the church leaves the building, because we haven't come to church, we are the church, as the church leaves the building, help us to know this week that who we're becoming is more important than what we're doing. And what you do in us is more significant than what you do through us. And Jesus, I love that you said to every single person, no matter who we are or where we've been or what we've done, come to me. You want us to come to you. So I pray that, God, in these moments as people have come and they are coming, I pray that we would continue to come. God, I pray for the person that's here struggling. And God, under the hood, it's not well. I pray they do whatever it takes to get well. In Jesus' name. Let's thank God for today. Let's thank God for what He's done here.
hey, um, you know, I just, I really, I just really feel uh, like I need to say, if you are here and you need to talk to somebody, uh, this is a safe place to admit that you're, that you're not okay. And so I would love to talk to you. If you need to join a life group and talk to somebody, I just really feel like I need to tell everybody today, if you're here today and something's going on under the hood and you're just ashamed, you're scared of what's under the hood, hey, don't do that alone. Don't fight that alone. You don't have to. Don't. Tell somebody. Guys, life groups are starting this week, and man, God always uses those. Jump into a group. Hey, if you're a middle school, high school student, dive into Storm, our student ministry. They meet Sunday nights at 6, and this Friday night they're having a massive event, Destination Unknown. It's an all-night event. You can get information out there. And if you're a first-timer, We'd love for you to connect at the welcome table or stick around for the VIP event right over here. Guys, love you so much. Thankful for this church. Hope to see you in a life group this week. Come back next week for Mother's Day. See you guys.